What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident hempo-sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can fill your knowledge void of cannabinoids and get your PhD in THC and CBD because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Speaking flower to power for 28 years and founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, which is also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Barry Plunker Adams, a founding member of the International Rainbow Gatherings. Barry Adams, who goes by Plunker, got out of the Navy in 1966 and ended up in the Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco. He was part of the first Eugene Renaissance Fair in 1969, now known as the Oregon Country Fair, and he attended the first Vortex Festival in 1970. Plunker was a founding presence at the first Rainbow Gathering in 1972, which always occurs in a different state each year on national forest land, with various regional gatherings also taking place across America and other countries. Plunker was a judge at the original Cannabis Cup, the High Times Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam, and Plunker's been involved in the cannabis reform movement for many years. He got the name Plunker from a two-stringed drone instrument he plays, and he's with me today to talk his truths to you. Welcome, Plunker, to Cannabis Radio. Howdy. I'm out here, and thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure, man. 
so the rainbow gatherings are counterculture gatherings that draw people from around the world. Uh, a, a group called the family rainbow family of living light or the rainbow tribe where a communal spirit of cooperation and a deep commitment for back to the land values is foremost. I attended my first rainbow gathering in 1981 here in Washington state. It was a transformative experience for me. Uh, can you give us a little bit of history on how the rainbow gatherings began? Well, uh, I got out of the Navy September 1966. I was living in Golden Gate Park. Uh, when the, uh, couple months later, uh, a huge uh, humanly interested people with friendly eyes, the hip eyes, the hippies showed up. Uh, they started calling us. Uh, I ran into people uh, who were part of visions and dreams when I was a child. I went on to uh, in search of this vision and dream about uh, various things. And I ran into other people and what we might call a collective visionary process. And, and uh, a lot of people had uh, parts of the puzzle. Uh, there was the war. There was the anti-war. And then in September 1970, uh, people uh, decided what they wanted to do is instead of doing an anti-war and doing war, they wanted to do peace. So we did Vortex One, a biodegradable festival of life, a free rock festival in MacGyver State Park outside of Portland, Oregon. Uh, it was sanctioned by Governor Tim McCall, uh, Tom McCall of, Idaho, of Oregon. And uh, there was about 75,000 people showed up or so. Uh, music was played, and at one point, uh, we went up on the stage, my brother Harold and I, and, and we started reading the Point of Light prayer. It goes from the Point of Light from within the mind of. And as we started into that, people started standing up and holding hands, and row after row after row, and love and peace, and chanting love and peace all the way until the sun went down. And so uh, we were the cleanup crew. In order to honor all of those incredible people who came there, many of them veterans and people of other nature, uh, I'm a veteran myself, others uh, of many wars, uh, uh, and other people of similar elk, a lot of community people like the Mystic Arts family, uh, uh, you know, many, many other tribes, Dog Farm, many families were there, and uh, communes and other peoples and individuals. And so to honor all those people, we call ourselves the Rainbow Family, and eventually became the Rainbow Family Tribe of the Imagi Nation. And uh, we went on to, in 1972, we held a gathering in Colorado called the World Family Gathering, and uh, sponsored by the Rainbow Family Tribe, which is basically everyone on Earth inviting everyone on Earth. Uh, and we, uh, we actually gather as individuals. As individuals, uh, uh, and so each and every person makes a personal choice to be there, be personally responsible themselves while they're there. And it actually, we work in a consensus. And that consensus is our sort of agreeing uh, until, uh, with each other until everyone agrees before we make any major moves. And we've been able to sort of work that consensus for now the 48th year. The Vortex Festival is, is uh, very, very renowned. My wife actually attended the Vortex Festival. Now, now there are teepees dotting the landscape at the rainbow gatherings and tents. Uh, it's always usually a beautiful meadow somewhere with, with a, a river close by or forests. Everyone meets in a circle every day to pass the feather and address the council with issues and heart songs and the councils, everybody in the circle. And food is communally prepared and distributed for free. The gathering is a decentralized communal event where everything is free. What else happens at a rainbow gathering? Well, uh, you know, everything you kind of describe is true in the ideal. Um, 
we use uh, we do have circles. Uh, we circle for dinner. We uh, ask for people to give thanks before dinner. Uh, we uh, eat in circles. Uh, we do a lot of things in circles on the Fourth of July, which is our big day. But uh, the entire gathering, people even on the way to the gathering, and people at the gathering, people whatever they're doing at the gathering is an expression of peace. So it's a peaceful assembly on national forest system lands and other public lands for purposes of the expression of peace. So people come and contribute in many different ways. A person could come and just help people park, get their cars parked. That's their petition for peace. Some people would say, well, you have to pray for peace. Well, there's prayer and there's petition. But on the morning of the 4th of July, and I was in Wisconsin at the annual gathering this year, it's 48th annual, and there was about three, maybe three, maybe 3,500, maybe 4,000 people at the gathering. But on the morning of the 4th, there's generally a silence for the whole morning. And then we try to kind of hold that silence, each and every person voluntarily, and tell the kids, come out of Kids Village. We started the Kids Parade in 1977 when Wavy and family came. And uh, uh, Wavy Gravy and the Hog Farm family and Mom Doss and those folks showed up. So we had a clown, so we had a Kids Parade. We've had one ever since. And then we had the kids come out of Kid Village in the morning and they come down about rainbow noon. And this year was awesome. There's the giant circle of all the people holding hands kind of quietly standing there. Then the kids went to the center, circled in the center. We all were silent, kind of quiet together. And then we owned and we prayed. And then we all yelled, yay. And then we started drumming. And that's kind of a, the thing that we do. We love, we love to honor the earth, we honor peace. And we love to honor our generations and let our children know that we honor them. And so that's kind of the big thing that we're into. And uh, uh, the government, for whatever reason over the years, has gone through a lot of dances, tried to prove we are a group, when we're actually individuals, each in our own individual expression. And as a whole, we're a peaceable assembly, which has, according to the Constitution, you know, it says those powers not reserved to the federal government nor to the states are reserved to the people respectfully. And that means that people ought to be able to determine what is their speech, what is their way of peaceable assembly as long as it's in peace, and that peaceable assembly in our speech, the entire gathering, front gate, the center of the circle, is a giant expression of peace. People come there for a lot of reasons, different ways, but when they get there, they kind of come they're looking for some change in their life because they're coming to something entirely different. They have to come through sometimes miles and miles and miles clear across the world. And they have to go through acres of cops now, a lot of federal officers and police and that after that, which has been the way it's been since 1987. We have a posse that rides with us, kind of like Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. We have a, a posse that rides with us wherever we go. And it's been riding with us since 1987. But anyway, the gatherings come. People come as individuals. They're very firm about that. And in court, that's to, to that ideal. And But there are thousands of different beliefs, thousands of different, nearly every person. is like, you know, like a snowflake or they have their own fingerprints. They have their own viewpoint. And they try to really express it at a gathering one way or the other. It's very awesome. I was just saying to uh, 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 Roscoe here that, that uh, Diamond Dave Whitaker, one of the great poets and, and was on Pirate Radio in San Francisco, was just at the gathering, and I was just watching the Rolling Thunder Review with Bob Dylan, 
and uh, there he mentioned Diamond Day. He mentioned Dave Whitaker giving him a Kerouac book in 1959. Well, I was just with Dave Whitaker, and he's very awesome. There are hundreds of different kinds of people who come to the gathering, known and unknown. But they come all with sort of the concept of doing peace and working out the way that we can live on the earth in peace and with others in peace. Yeah, we just we just watched Rolling Thunder as well on Netflix, the uh, Bob Dylan uh, tour. Uh, yep. 1975 is a great documentary. Um, we have about a minute before the next break, uh, the first break. There's no central authority at the Rainbow Gatherings. How are decisions made? Who represents and speaks for the Rainbow family to the federal authorities uh, as the event's always on federal land in about a minute? Well, uh, no one speaks for the Rainbow. Each individual, uh, in a sense, is the entire Rainbow family. Uh, each individual, uh, we have circles where people bring up issues and we try to work out a consensus. People uh, as individuals speak to the government. The government speaks to them. We try to get the government to come and speak in the circles so that everyone can hear. Inform people, make informed choices. We, we uh, uh, really try to live to the creed that everyone on board is in fact individually and personally responsible for uh, things that happen at the gathering and can take responsibility or not as their own personal choice. It's kind of very difficult for the government to understand this, but uh, we have a creed, a common creed, that we accept each other as individuals in 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 equality, the sisterhood, the brotherhood, the sisters and brothers, women and men. So... Um, my, my guest is Barry Plinker Adams from the Rainbow Family. This is that time in this show where we take that pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws, as our listeners know. And uh, hear a word from our sponsors. We'll come right back. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. 
We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back with Barry Plunker Adams from the Rainbow Family. Uh, Barry, you spent 90 days in a federal detention center over uh, a rainbow gathering. When was that and what happened? Well, I was in uh, 19, uh, 2000 in Montana, the annual gathering. I received a ticket retreat uh, for a violation of 36 CFR 251, which reads, unauthorized use of national forest systems lands when such authorization is required. It's a gathering ticket. It was for gathering, peacefully assembling without a permit, uh, just like in Lexington and Concord. Uh, way back when, um, they've been given, the government has been since the very beginning days, 1972, they blockaded it. Every year, they've been trying to close us down. And since 1973, they uh, declared us out to overthrow the government and the FBI files. And they couldn't serve us a terrorist event. And they've set up counter-terrorist event situations called Incident Command. And they bring in federal officers. And they've given out gathering tickets. And they've chosen out certain people who they'd like to give tickets to. Myself, uh, Joni Freedom, uh, a guy named Gary Beck, a guy named Stephen Principal, uh, uh about number of people. Uh, we've had over 26 court cases, most of them being more or less blocked. Ben Mazel, one of my very good brothers out of uh, Wisconsin, marijuana activist to the maximum, passed away. Ben was involved in a lot of court cases like uh, uh, Ward V and um, uh, Thomas V, Chicago City Parks Commission, um, uh, which is the lead in uh, 2000, which is the leading. Supreme Court case in regards to uh, permit regulations. There is an exception within that where they say, yes, the federal agencies have the right to impose certain regulations as long as they don't inhibit speech. And my claim, of course, has been, since for 50 years now, has been that this entire gathering is a form of speech, and therefore uh, it should be accepted as is. We're a very different reality. The fact that everyone that there is an individual, for example, and we were actually working this giant consensus, which is an amazing process. We don't have central authorities. This type of situation, it is a form of speech. They've given us a ticket for assembly uh, as a group without a permit. Keep insisting that we're not a group. We are individuals. They have adjusted through the Obama years. They did adjust for what we call an operations plan which is the way we look after the gatherings, you know, uh, which we've had going since 1972. When, in fact, the first Rainbow Oracle, How to Blow Minds and Influence People, had a whole section on practical tactical, uh, which we wrote in 1972 for the Colorado Original Gathering because we wanted to explain to the government people how it is that we do these gatherings, which we did. And so over the years, we've developed what we call an operating plan. The government adopts that with us, the Forest Service resource, but the law enforcement and political situation is is still ticketing us. There's still people getting gathering tickets this year. The feds have been invading our space during search and seizures of every gathering. They have invaded us for years. They declare us in a terrorist event. And they gave me a ticket in 2000, and I wound up uh, losing my appeal in the Ninth Circuit. And even, and I was sentenced to 90 days and $500 fine. And I wound up with the Seattle SeaTac uh, Detention Center, FB, Pod, with uh, a lot of wild boys and, uh, uh, who were uh, 
uh, could not believe that I was in for holding hands in a circle and praying for peace in, in, on public land. So just Parker, people, people, people show up weeks in advance of each gathering to scout and prepare the land. What kind of work goes into prepar- uh, the preparation for the gathering? Well, uh, what happens is, and for many, many years, since we've been doing this for nearly 50 years now, it's 48th year, but there's many, many regionals, is that there's people who volunteer to go out and check out land, uh, possibility sites, they scout. Um, they sometimes bring this to what we call Thanksgiving Circle, which happens uh, in in or near the location of where the next gathering is going to be. Uh, then they uh, show up in the springtime, look for good water sources, um, look for good meadow uh, opportunities where people can gather and circle, and they look for parking, if at all possible. But the water now is becoming so, so, so incredibly difficult. And uh, particularly east of the Mississippi, there's a lot of people who don't like to go. Uh, uh, but there's still many gatherings. There's one nearly every weekend somewhere in the United States now, and there are many, many around the world. Uh, there's been one going in Israel, for example, since 1992, uh, with all kinds of mixture of human beings all in peace together. They happen everywhere. Uh, we look for good water sources, metals. We, uh, afterwards, we clean up and restore the land, naturalize it. Uh, many places that we've ever been, even with, you know, 20 and 30,000 people, you can't tell we were ever there. And, uh, in fact, our, we had a thing called Leave No Trace in 1972 at the first gathering um, in Colorado. And uh, it was a great sign. That's what we did. We left no trace. The Forest Service liked that idea so much they adopted the Leave No Trace program, which has been going in the Forest what, Service ever since. What is, what is, uh, Shanti, what is Shanti Sena? Well, Shanti Sina, S-H-A-N-T-I, uh, S-E-N-A, for me, it means peace scenes. It's people, uh, you know, like the Carnies used to be when there's something happened. They'd all yell, hey, Rube, and all the Carnies would shut their little shops, boom, and, and jump out, and they'd go face off the danger together. Well, that's kind of the same concept of the gathering. Everyone at Shanti Sina, you are your own security. So when people holler Shanti Sina or help, then people... Hopefully, the ideal is get up and they go look and check and help. And then, uh, so if you stand up and go, then you're acting in, in the nature of Shanti Sina. You're trying to keep so being peaceful. So it's conflict resolution. It's a peacekeeping uh, uh, approach, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, that's, it's the same. Uh, there's the Black Rock Rangers, which is used in a place like Burning Man. I'm sure at Seattle Hempfest, you must have some form of something similar to that. It's called uh, the Seattle Hemp Fest Safety Patrol. We do, absolutely, and they're trained and everything. Hey, we only have a, a couple minutes before the break. Cannabis is considered a sacrament at the Rainbow Gathering. Is that correct? It is committed by many people, including me. Not everybody is, uh, is included in their in their uh, sacraments. They can they use it as a as a good plant. They use it as a medicine. You know, many people have uh, different ways. Uh, towards cannabis. For me, uh, I wrote a piece in the first Rainbow Oracle on marijuana as sacrament as cannabis. I accept that, that. I pray with it. I petition with it. It's been a good healing thing for my post-traumatic stress disorder, my stress disorder, uh, and all of that has been one of the saving situations in my lifetime. I consider it a very good herb for my body and for my mind and for my spirit. And yes, I offer prayer with it, and uh, 
one of the first things I really liked about Steve Hager. He dug a shitter with me, and then he offered me some herbs, and took out a pack, loaded up with a good bag, and he offered a prayer. And I thought, well, okay, this brother and I are on the same kind of trip together. But either way, whether you see his cannabis as, uh, as just as your prayer, or, I wrote a book, a uh, piece called Religious Use Defense of, of, of ma- Marijuana many years ago. Um, got out of many, many cases. Uh, there's the, uh, 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 you know, in the old Central case, which went to the Supreme Court, the case called U.S. v. Jefferson out of Indiana, which was uh, about marijuana as sacrament use, and it went to the 9-0 Central case, which Gorsuch, by the way, sponsored out of Denver in the 10th Circuit. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I used marijuana for many, many years, and uh, I accept it as that, but I do accept that some people just use it as a hemp and wear it as clothes. Some, you know, Jack was really into Jack We have a little bit under a minute for the next break. You wanted to make sure we talked about Leonard Peltier, who's uh, serving a, uh, a life sentence, a member of the Turtle Mountain Chippewa tribe, sentenced to two consecutive life terms of imprisonment for the uh, shooting of two federal Bureau investigation agents at Pine Ridge in 75. A lot of people think he's uh, not guilty. I'm, I'm included in that. We got about 30 seconds. Uh, what do you think about Leonard Peltier? Well, I've been working uh, to help Leonard Peltier get out of prison since he went in. I think he was unfairly tried and convicted. I still uh, am part of people. I've met his son, Chauncey Peltier, at a hemp fest in Portland a couple years ago. He came to the Oregon gathering. He petitioned. Uh, I helped do the Leonard Peltier support group in uh, 1985 in St. Louis when he was hopefully getting a court ca- uh, trial. Yes, I totally believe the Leonard Peltier should be totally pardoned and released. And, you know, um, and so I've been with the crews of people for years and years and years. Many people within the gathering, many people around the country, many people at Hempfest, Seattle Hempfest, another Hempfest, we're totally in support of for the alternative movement, most of the people I've met support Leonard Peltier. All right. Uh, we're going to take another break and come back with our final questions for Barry Plunker Adams. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
Deadly marijuana llama tell you something now Bought a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back for our final uh, questions for... Barry Plunker Adams. Uh, Barry, I just want you to know that you mentioned uh, Garrick Beck, another founder. I just interviewed Baba Israel, whose father, uh, just a few weeks ago, his father was in the Living Theater, uh, which was created by Julian Beck, uh, Garrick Beck's dad. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a small world right here. Um, we got about two minutes uh, before we uh, have to end the show here, get to the, the last uh, part of it. Uh, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners? Uh, yes. Uh, if you would, uh, you know, uh, I've met a lot of people over the years since uh, the hippie days in, in 1966 for the first human being at the Gathering of Tribes, January 17, 1967. Uh, we've had many different kinds of gatherings or hundreds of different kinds of gatherings. It all seems that overall there is developing and has developed and is now really becoming very powerful a peace culture, positive energy, alternative community, environmental culture that's trying to tune into the earth and tune into each other and try to live in peace. You know, with every breath of my body, I would hope that there shall be peace at some point down the trail here. People should not give up. Or if you can't wind up at the annual gathering or at the Seattle Hemp Fest or the Okanagan Family Fair, or at the uh, Oregon Country Fair, or at Burning Man, or a thousand one other bluegrass festivals and other peace festivals and gatherings around the country. Just know you are not alone. There's always going to be people who want to stand up for peace. There'll always be a law. There's an outlaw. For every law, there's an equal and outlaw, opposite outlaw. There'll always be a need for outlaw weed, and outlaw culture will always be, probably for another hundred years. We all should just kind of keep track and stand up to whatever's going on and speak out and bless you all and thank you. Because I've had the privilege of digging shitters at the first Renaissance Fair, first Rainbow Gathering, first Tenasket Barfield, Okanagan Family Fair, and I've had a touch of a hand in, in Burning Man. And I've had that privilege in serving the people as best I possibly can. And I hope that people uh, okay. will come to live in peace. Barry Plunker Adams, thank you so much for your good works, my brother, and for being on Hemp Present. Happy Hempy Trails to you, man. Okay, thank you, bro. My pleasure. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature, Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. All things share the same breath, the beast, the tree, the man. The air shares its spirit with all the life it supports. Those were the immortal words of Chief Seattle, whose actual name 
was Chief Self. That concludes this installment of Hemp's on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice. As we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find yours. Speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Pants, performed by Sticker Bush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! THC! Sweet Sativa! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.